Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at Super Talk. Dot .fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or Tuscaloosa or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little odd, uh, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Bay St. Louis. Yes, that would be a little weird. But it could be Bay, Bay St. Do we prefer Bruce, Bruce St. Louis. Louis or Bay St. Brulis? Bruce St. Louis. Bruce St. Louis. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Let's just keep the St. Louis intact. Yeah, sure. I know it's not like St. Louis, you know, it's not like a, a strange bird in St. Louis, Missouri or anything. But what if it was St. Louis? It could be. Yeah, it be. Which, I mean, it's got, that's got to be what the, the original. Absolutely. Yes. Name is, you yeah. know, what else? We, 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 we won't we, get into all that. We Mississippianized it. Yes. Well, wherever you are in our great state, all you got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee every single morning. Whatever kind of coffee uh, machine sitting on your front counter, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. Everything you're looking for t shirts, polos, outerwear, hats. And, of course, accessories for the car, the house, the tailgate. They've got it all right there. It's really a one-stop shop, not just for state fans, but for Ole Miss fans as well. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Floyd by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler remains Starkville's flagship restaurant. I checked the ratings over the weekend, and nothing happened. They're still number one. When you're looking for a great lunch, you head to Restaurant Tyler for the best blue plate in town. When you want a great dinner, you head to Restaurant Tyler for fine dining. And on Sunday, when you want the best brunch, guess what? Same place, Restaurant Tyler. Get the Mississippi Biscuit on Robbie and I's recommendation. But whatever you get, it's going to be delicious. Everything's on the on the menu as a winner, and that's the case whenever you go to Restaurant Tyler. Speaking of being a winner, everybody take a deep breath. Everybody feel good for just a minute. Mississippi State got a much much needed win on Saturday over TCU, number eleven team in the country. Uh, number, uh, they I think they were thirteen uh, in the net rankings coming into that game. That was a fantastic win for Mississippi State, eighty-one uh, seventy-four final score in overtime. Did go over and was gonna would have had to go over one way or the other because it was sixty-six sixty-six in the over uh, going into overtime and the uh, the over was one thirty-two and a half. So even if somebody had hit a last second shot, it was gonna go over. So hope you didn't lose on that one. Over remains fifteen and six on the year. We will con- or so the under. We will continue to push the under here on Thunder and Lightning and on Sports Talk Mississippi. But Robbie, a a, a much needed win. As I mentioned, I, I knew that State's net would go up. It's at fifty-four now. They're thirteen and eight. They have three quad one wins. Their resume is so weird to me. They're three and five quad one. All right, 
I mean, you look you look up here in the uh, the top tier, right? St. Mary's is number six in the net. They only have one quad one win. Um, Gonzaga is fourteen. They have three. Virginia is fifteen. They have three. Um, the difference for those teams and state is quad two. State is zero and three in quad two opportunities. They had one more win. Had they, you know, I think. I think Florida would have actually been a quad one. Georgia would have been a quad two chance for them. The Drake game is 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 a quad two chance they lost, and then I don't know what the other one is. Um, and then they're they're ten and zero quad three quad four. They've taken care of their business. I look at this in two ways: one, three quad one wins is very good, and then two, the rest of the way you're not playing a whole lot of quad ones. I, I think Kentucky and Arkansas will be quad one games. But the rest of them are quad two, and even in some cases, quad three. And in South Carolina's case, quad four. But you had to get this first win to sort of get the ball rolling again. And I think that's what's happened. I think they're going to take some momentum to South Carolina on, on Wednesday and try to build on that. This was a great win for Mississippi State, to quote Rick Stansberry. That's right, it was. <clears throat> and they, they did have a couple of players down with injury and have to acknowledge that. But this mm-hmm. is still a really good TCU team, even when those players out. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing to me is Mississippi State was faced with another opportunity where they had to win a close ball game down the stretch, and they did. And that's that to me is the biggest development for this team is they had another chance here to – fold down the stretch or go make a big play and win the ball game and they made the big plays. I thought defensively in overtime, some of the best defensive possessions you'll see. Mm-hmm. That possession where they TCU just could not get a shot off and then try to take a shot. Cam Matthews blocks it, shot clock violation. I mean that's as good a possession as you'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, they scored on that first play, like right off the tip. Scored off the tip, yeah, and, and that was a, a moment where I was just like, "Oh god, yeah, this is about to be." You know, they're about to run away with it. After that, I mean, the defense was superb. They hit some big time three pointers. It's we've only seen that in a couple of games this year where Mississippi State really hit some big shots down the stretch in close ball games. It was just the the anti Mississippi State, what Mississippi State has been for the last ten plus years. There's been games where they've been in the, in the ball game against really good teams. We've seen it this year. We've seen it in the last two weeks. They just haven't been able to find a way to win. And I felt all along if they could just get over that hump, if they could just find a game like that against a really good opponent, that they're able to to win the ball game down the stretch in a close game, that things are really going to start taking off for this team. And a thing that I think really put the pushed this team over the top was the the crowd. The I don't. I don't think that – I tweeted this on Saturday, too. I don't think that if Mississippi State um, had been had lost seven out of eight games in any of the previous 10 to 12 seasons, that the fan base would be that excited to come to the home. It would be 2,000 people there on Saturday. Yeah. Maybe. You know, if, if, if this was the last 10 years, you're looking at people sitting on their hands. You're looking at a, you know, I mean, just a completely dead atmosphere – that's not what the hump was on Saturday. The hump was fired up. It was a great atmosphere. They put Mississippi State over the top. I think the players really fed off of that. So you're seeing the inner workings and the beginnings of what could be a really, really good program under Chris Jans. The fans are behind it. The fans are ready to invest. It feels a lot like, you know, when things got started with Dan Mullen, when he was pushing the fan base to to get there before the wins came 
that's what it feels like at Mississippi State right now. And I, th- I think that this could be the beginning of some really good things for the Bulldogs. Whether or not that happens this year, I don't know. But we've been saying for a while now, the back half of this SEC schedule is very manageable for Mississippi State. Yeah. There's a lot of wins there to be to be had. And this team is in position, if they can get those wins, to make a move and get into the NCAA tournament. But they got to start stacking wins. But this is a big one to get. You get a quad one win here. You have three of those. Quad one wins have, have eluded Mississippi State over the last several years. That Those have been wins that have been very difficult for the, them to get. Uh, so this was huge for them. You got some momentum, and you avoid you know just another – absolutely crushing loss by winning this ballgame. I think Saturday was absolutely huge for this program. And you got a real opportunity. You talk about the crowd, Robbie, to have a massive crowd this coming uh, Saturday with Missouri yeah. coming in. Because if you can beat South Carolina, which you should, South Carolina's net is 272. They are one of the, they are legit one of the worst teams in the country. 272 and there are 363 total. So they're, on, they're not even 100 off the bottom. And I mean, I think they might be the lowest rated power five. Just looking through this, I don't see. Like, there's California. Cal is at 297. Um, and without going too much further down. No, I'm sorry. I forgot how bad Louisville is. God, Louisville. Nate Oates to What Louisville. a terrible hire, too. I know. I know. Um, but then you have, you know, you, so that's a quad four coming up with uh, with South Carolina. Should be able to get that win. Then you have Missouri coming in, and I think, if I'm correct, and I I think that I am, that that's a quad one opportunity at home Saturday at 5 o'clock. Missouri is currently 44 in the net. So a a top 50 win at home, I think, is a quad one. So if you can get that, and then guess what? You're playing LSU at home. They're not any good. They've they've been bad this year, and that's a quad quad three game. You have a a real chance to be on a four-game winning streak, a real chance to do that going into the game at Fayetteville on Saturday the 11th. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out, but you're absolutely correct about the crowd. And, of course, Chris Jans made, it, made a comment about it, and so did the players as well. And, and you're absolutely right that a, a losing eight out of nine would have been a death sentence for this this the crowds and the attendance as recently as last season. And, and, and you saw that. Uh, but this people have bought in. I think a lot of that has to do with the way State plays. That they play with such effort on the defensive end that Miss, I think you brought that up the other day. That Mississippi State fans, they're just going to buy into that. When a team plays blue collar, when the team plays, you know, really tough in whatever sport, that's going to get the, the fans excited and 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 going in the right direction. Um, what? Yeah, that Saturday game I think is is humongous. I mean, obviously they need to take care of business against South Carolina. They can't afford to trip up there, right? And I think they will, but you know, you never know. I mean, this team and you just don't know what you're gonna get sometimes offensively. You're you're right about that, but at the same time, they are improving. Yeah. Back to the game. They've shot better in every game. They had the terrible three point shooting game against Auburn, but from the but inside the line they shot really well. Since and the, the game plan was really good. The next I mean, when you're getting a lot of lane, couldn't hit shots. That's what we've been saying is that, you know, they keep getting these open looks. They're getting the open looks because they're scheming well. But then they shot well. They shot play, played better against Tennessee, but Tennessee's a top-five team. They played better against Florida. They just let it get away from them. And then they've played – this. the last two games have been the best two games of the season, especially from a shooting perspective. This team shot 50% from the floor 
50%. Think about where this team was just a few weeks ago to shoot 50%. And that's with one player, DJ Jeffries, missing two shots. I'm sorry, missing 10 shots. He was two of 12 from the floor. So if he doesn't shoot, not only does State still win the game, but they shoot 27 of 46 from the floor. Let me do some quick math here with you guys. I'm sure there's some engineers who have already gotten it. But that is 59%. That's almost 60% shooting. And that's because almost every look they got outside of the three-pointers they took, and and you know Shaq Moore and Deshaun Davis had a great day from behind the arc. But most of those looks were inside. Tolu Smith is 11 of 13. I don't know that he had a shot from further away than two feet from the rim the whole game. He didn't have to t- shoot a lot of mid-range. He didn't have to t- try to work. Or he did try to work, and he got he got into the rim. He got into the paint almost every time. But he's 11 of 13. Shaq Moore was 4 of 9. Uh, Cam Matthews, 3 of 6. Deshaun Davis was 6 of 11. And Tyler Stevenson, 3 of 5. Those are the guys who made shots. That's a really good day, you know? And then the free throw shooting has gotten better. It's still not great, but 16 of 23, when a few weeks ago at Georgia they were 7 of 22, that's improvement. They, they figured some things out. Tolu Smith has been playing better the last couple of weeks since he got benched at the end of that Florida game. I don't know if, if Jan's found a way to motivate him or if Tolu just motivated himself, but his last two games have been really, really good. This team is getting better here at the at the midway point of the conference schedule. And like we've been we've been sort of pointing to this and pointing to this, and we've had a lot of of, of uh, pushback, especially on the on the on Sports Talk Mississippi. I've had a ton of it because it, it, never mind Richard and Michael. You know all the Ole Miss fans on the text line, like, "Hey, Dad, this team is terrible. You you don't know what you're talking about." I've been trying to tell people like this team is not that bad. They just got to get through this tough stretch. Now they've done that. They picked up a win they probably weren't predicting to get, and now they have a real opportunity. I mean. If they are, if they win the next three, which they have a, a legitimate chance to do, and they're sixteen and eight when they play Arkansas, I mean that's the kind of game where it's going to be like, hey, if you win that, you are squarely in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, at that point, one, I mean, you win all those games in a row, and I mean, you're sitting there looking at five and seven in the league. I think at that point, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's. Very possible for this team to win seven more games, which I would think, put them at eight and ten. And I think that I think that would be enough. Their net's fifty four. If they win, yeah. if they go seven and that would be seven and uh, they're one and eight. The ten more games they if they go seven and three in the final ten, their net's going to be in the forties. Yeah, they're going to be in good shape. I I I still think that eight conference wins, and I've felt this exact way from the beginning when we when we first started talking about Mississippi State after non-conference play, mm-hmm. eight wins, I think, gets them in the tournament. And that was including TCU, which I'm glad they got that. So it kind of keeps them on pace here. Yeah. And they don't have a ton – they don't have a ton of bad losses. They've lost to Alabama right. twice, Tennessee twice. Yeah. Um, and then you have, you know, a few Drake. games. I mean, Drake Georgia. is not – Georgia yeah. is the bad loss. Georgia is a bad loss. Florida is not a great loss, but it, it's not a killer. I mean, what's Florida? I mean, it's not bad. Those two, those two were, I feel like, huge ball games and opportunities for Mississippi State. Yeah, Florida's net I mean, is fifty. They, 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 that, that's not a terrible loss, but it could have been a quad one win. Yeah, I just, you know, uh, there's been opportunities there for State, but that's kind of water under the bridge now. You get that win. You were so close against Alabama. 
you get that win against TCU, you sense this team is trending the right way. And really what you want to see from Mississippi State and you're wondering Chris Jans, you want to see a team that's getting better week after week. Mm-hmm. If the team's getting worse, that's not a good sign. Right. And we're seeing a team on campus that's getting worse week after week. Yeah. But if, if a team is getting better and better, even if they're not winning games in this year one, I think that's a good sign for Mississippi State. And they're one and seven in the league right now. But it doesn't really tell the full story of Mississippi State. I, I promise you, most of the teams in this league do not want to play Mississippi State. Right, they're one and seven, Robbie. But five of those losses are to top ranked or to ranked teams: two to Alabama, right. two to Tennessee. Those are both top ten teams, and yep. then uh, Auburn is a top twenty team. So yeah, and I you mean, and you were in position. You were in position in four of those games late in the second half. Mm-hmm. You could have won. The Tennessee game is the only game that was just not in your grasp. The one at Tennessee, yes. Yeah. You could have, you were in position against Tennessee at home. You're in mm-hmm. position in both games against Alabama, mm-hmm. and you were in position against Auburn on the road. And mm-hmm. that, to me, that is a, that's another great sign. They just, they got to keep it going. You know, that's the main thing now. This game against South Carolina, because if you lose to South Carolina, it is over. That is a quad four loss to one of the worst teams in the country. That will absolutely de- demolish your resume. Got to get that. You got to win. win both of those. You got to win that game, and then we'll see what happens with Missouri. But I mean, you said seven and three the rest of the way, right? I mean, if you lose at Missouri, if you lose at Arkansas, and then you lose to Kentucky at home, those you you don't have a bad loss on your resume, and you've got some good wins because you'll have beaten Missouri at home, Texas. You would beat Texas A and M at home. A and M's playing really well right now. If you can get those wins, I think you're in. I think you're in at eight and ten with the win. The TCU win is huge for you. And it, it, it all goes back to the thing we said back in December, that the way State handled its non-conference schedule and winning all of those games put them in position to suffer. Now, they suffered a little bit more than I thought they would. I did not see them losing eight out of nine games. But they they did enough in December that they could suffer through a rough January. Yeah. And now here they are. You know, they're on the bubble. They're not in probably as we sit here today, but they have a great chance to get in, and they're playing. They're playing. They're playing better, like you said, uh, week after week. So, fun game at, at the hump. Good crowd, and uh, looking forward to uh, to Saturday. If they can get this win on uh, on Tuesday at South Carolina, really think you know you got a chance to have you know seven, eight, nine thousand people at the Humphrey Coliseum uh, cheering on the Bulldogs uh, for Saturday. So that'll be a lot. Of, that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I would imagine. Let's move on into the second part of the show that's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. I just had some beef. Made a lasagna today. Got to put beef in that. Well, I was going to cook out today, but it, I just, with the rain, I was just like, change it. Not worth it. I just, it's just, I don't want to be in and out of the rain and dealing with that. So, But anyway, it doesn't matter because I had a delicious dinner and beef was a great part of it. And it's on a cold night like this, big pot, pan of lasagna. It's the way to go. Or maybe a pot of chili, beef stew, taco soup. Those are great things for a chilly night in. Or if you do want a grill, man, a few steaks on the grill, I promise nobody is complaining. Head to your meat market. Head to your butcher shops. Every A lot of a lot of great butcher shops here in the state of Mississippi. We've got one here in Starkville over at TBT. Check them out. They'll get you taken care of. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That place was buzzing all weekend long. I heard from some of my friends and family that said it was great. 
Love to hear that. Always enjoy you guys helping us out, talking about our sponsors and taking care of our sponsors. And you should, because Two Brothers is fantastic. Robbie, did we eat there Friday? Has it only been two days? Was it Friday or Thursday? I don't I can't remember. I don't remember, but it was good. That's all I remember. It was good. It was very good. As it always is. You want to, if you haven't tried it already, well, I don't know. I don't know that you've actually been in Starkville. Don't let anybody fool you. The best barbecue in town is at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great services, what every business promises you. Advantage business systems, they can deliver it. 48 years. That's how long they've been around taking care of their customers, treating their customers like neighbors, not numbers. When you need technology for your business, you call Advantage Business Systems. And when you need service, you just call them right back and you get to talk to the people you've already got a relationship with. That's a huge difference, and that's how you want to be treated as a customer. The number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Rogue has the collegiate collection. They have the polos and the quarter zips and the pullovers that you want to get because they've got the logos that you want to wear. Don't have to worry about that gigantic off-putting, off-center banner M. You get to wear the M over S, the script state, the walking bully. Those are the logos you're looking for. Check them out today online at therogue.com or shop at the Rogue in Jackson. They've been there a long time, and they have that great reputation. One of the South's top clothing stores. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. So Mississippi State hosted some visitors this weekend, and all accounts, you know, you know, hey, I understand recruiting is a fluid thing, but all accounts are that uh, things seem to be going pretty well. I want to focus on, and I, I got the pronunciation. Hold on, Robbie. I finally, I finally got it. Uh, let me go. Let me find it here. I texted a friend of ours, or a friend of mine, Gody. I think it's Gody. I want to be. I want to be a hundred percent sure. Gody, Ryland Gody. You were right the other. I already, day. I already I, told you. You don't trust I got, me. I got confirmation. Look, I, I went to a Georgia person just to be sure. Look, I can't blame you for not trusting me. To be honest with you, because. People get upset at my pronunciations as well. I think you and I are both in the same boat. I believe that. So, also, I once, I always heed the words of the great philosopher Stone Cold Steve Austin, who said, "DTA, don't trust anybody." So that, that's I, correct. I believe in that. Um, so, Ryland Gody, I like this. Is you know, if you're wondering, like, oh, we're going to get him, we're going to get him. Paul said, Paul Jones on 24-7 Sports said he couldn't get up with him right after his visit ended because he and his girlfriend were out looking for apartments. So that's pretty much all I guess I need to hear on that particular thing. So Mississippi State looks like they're going to pick up a tight end, a grad, or, I'm sorry, a transfer tight end from, from Georgia, Ryland Gody. Are you surprised, though, that as you know, signing day is Wednesday, so the, the visits and everything are over, are you surprised they didn't bring a high school tight end in? Just to see if they, there had to be somebody out there that was worth taking a look at, you would think. Maybe a little bit, but I just I don't think they're going to press that situation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think they're looking for a tight end, but if they, I don't think they're going to bring in somebody just to bring somebody in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I'm. I continue to believe that Kevin Barbet is going to take what he's given and he's going to adapt to it. I think. In, I think at the end of the day, he does want to have a heavy influence with the tight end, but I just I don't think that he's going to try to grab a bunch of tight ends that might not fit what he wants or might not have the skill set that he wants. I think um Gody obviously has a chance to come in and be the guy. I don't know 
how much they'll use the tight end if he's the only guy, but um, it's it's obvious that they do want him, and it's a great sales pitch for him. You get a chance to continue to play in the SEC, and you might be the only tight end on the roster, so your job is safe. So I think that's a that's a really interesting uh, pitch for Mississippi State, and I don't think he's set up any other visits. So, I mean – all signs point to him being a bulldog, and of course, all signs have pointed to other guys before, and it didn't happen. Yeah, but um, all I know is apparently he has a successful podcast as well, so we might be in trouble. Oh no! If he pops in here. I want him to go somewhere else. Then we can't we can't have anybody messing <laughs> with the, the good thing that we have. Yeah. So <laughs> let me ask you this, and so sort of play off what you're saying there. Do you think that what we see from Kevin Barbe's offense year one might not be what we see from Kevin Barbe's offense, say, year three? Might look yeah. different. Yeah, I think I think it could look totally different. I think you're going to see a base model of his, of his offense. You're going to see a lot of the same formations that he's going to want to run when he has his personnel. But just based on talking to him, the limited time I've been able to talk to him, hearing some of his interviews on some other podcasts, um, and, you know, kind of watching some videos of him in the past. He's he's made a point to say, like, we're not going to try to fit what we want to do with personnel. It's going to be the other way around. And I think, you know, as far as Will Rogers is concerned, I continue to believe that he's going to work around his strengths. He's going to work around the strengths of Mississippi State's personnel and not just force something that's not there. Um, the, the main thing that I've I'm very interested in is – We've all been saying this um, whole, like, Antonio Harmon could be a yeah. good tight end. You know, like, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's actually going to come to fruition. Uh, because he is a guy that, from a body standpoint, right, and from, you know, just the, the physicality of him, he could fit into that role easily. And then you have two tight ends there. You feel pretty good about that position at that point. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, he has a good spring, and you got him with Goaty there to – to rock and roll and in 2023. We should mention that Godey, it will not be a spring enrollee. Right. He's finishing up his semester at Georgia. He'll graduate and <clears> he'll <throat> be here in the summer, but he is not going to be part of spring practice at Mississippi State. So at best, you're looking at one tight end in the spring. Right. And that's a knock on Godey. I mean, but the thing is, Mississippi State doesn't really have any other options right now. So, I mean, he he's able to do pretty much whatever he wants to do. I mean, you can't really, you know, hold his feet to the fire or anything like that. So that to me, that is a knock on him. He's not going to be involved in the offense until the summer. You're going to have to implement everything you want to do offensively through him during the summer and um, during the fall. And he's a guy that hasn't played a ton at Georgia. He doesn't have a lot of experience, but he's got the physical uh, aspect of it and, he played on a roster that's probably got the best tight end room in the country. So, yeah, yeah there's no, there's no shame. I'll take their word for it. Play. Yeah, there's no shame in not being able to play when you're behind right. Brock Bowers and and Darnell uh, Washington. Looking looking back at his uh, his high school days, this is twenty four seven profile, a four star uh, ranked uh, coming out of high school as the number, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, two hundred thirty five thirty six player in the country, regardless of position. So for a tight end, not bad. He was the number seven overall tight end, and he picked Georgia over. Yeah, his, he had some decent offers: Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, LSU, Michigan. Just a bunch of scrubs. 
Yeah, just you know, just a bunch of a few few programs you may have heard of there. So yeah, obviously the talent is there, the profile is there, but now he needs to he's go, and he's going to get an opportunity. You know, it feels like regardless of, of of anything else, you know that he's going to play just because they're just not. It's not going to be a situation where you have four or five tight ends on the roster, and you know, well, you just sort of lost in the shovel, the shuffle. He he's going to be one of the top three guys, and they're gonna he's gonna get opportunities. So we'll see if he can finally uh, to make that happen for him. Um, one more thing before we go, we'll get out of football for a second. Baseball, I, I you were at Duty Noble Field. On Friday for baseball media day, you talked to Coach Lamonis, talked to a few players. What's the vibe at over there as we're now uh, just what two weeks away, three weeks away from a uh, first pitch? Well, you know, I talked about last year. They when we when we came there, everybody was talking about you know winning the national championship and they were going to repeat and all this stuff. Um, I think Brad Cumbus said that they had a better team that year than they did the year before. Right. This year was a there wasn't a lot of uh I mean it was kind of business like. It was a lot of talk about we didn't like how last year played out. We were embarrassed by last year. It was embarrassing for us. It was embarrassing for the program. We let the fan base down. We're ready to right the wrongs. Mm-hmm. And uh it was interesting. Chris Lamonis has now gotten kind of like a um a leadership committee. He put a captain C on uh, Luke Hancock's jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got four or five guys that are returners that he's put a lot of faith in to kind of get everybody right, mentally and physically or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and get them prepared. Because you have a lot of new faces out there. I mean, there's like close to 30, I think, newcomers. Um, so I-, I think it's a good mixture of guys that, have played for national championship and then have also experienced the lows uh, that Mississippi state has experienced and guys that are coming in with a new sense of urgency because they're trying to win a spot. They're coming in, you know, trying to make their own mark, things like that. So it's a very interesting nucleus. And I think those guys kind of understand that last year was really bad. It was really tough for the program. And they, the, the main thing that I really took away from it is, those guys took it personally, and they did not want their legacy to end that way. Yeah. The guys that didn't have the greatest of seasons last year personally and then with the team aspect of it, it means something to these players. And I think that's that's been the case for a lot of players over the years. When you wear the M over S, it just means a little something different than it does at a lot of programs. And we've seen a lot of guys that when they haven't lived up to their standard or the team hasn't lived up to the standard that they set – they don't like that. Jake Mangum was kind of that way. You know, they all have a drive to to bring a championship to Mississippi State. And I think that's a good mindset for this team to have. And now it's up to them to to kind of go out on the field and prove it. Yeah, talk to a few players. Talk to a few players who had the most. Uh, I don't know if interesting comments is is the way to put it, but you know, who who said something that caught your your attention? I think Casey Hunt and Luke Hancock really stood out to me, and both of them for kind of the things that I mentioned that, you know, they did not like how the season ended. And both of those guys could have very easily left. And Luke Hancock didn't get drafted, but he could have taken a uh, a free agent deal. Casey Hunt did get drafted and decided to come back. And both of them said that, you know, that's, they just didn't like how everything ended. They they wanted to prove that last year was a fluke. So that that's really what stood out to me the most. And both of those guys, too, and really all of them, 
were very complimentary of the freshmen and the transfer portal guys that are coming in too. I think you're going to see a lot of new faces out there that will kind of jump off the page right away yeah. this year. You'll see a lot of the, you'll see a lot from those guys where you're thinking, okay, this, these, these players can really make a difference this year for this team. And I think that's, that was the point for Chris Lamonis to try to turn it around quickly. We'll see how it goes. Like I said, uh, first pitch February the 17th uh, at Duty Noble Field. Looking forward to it, uh, as always. All right, guys, uh, good week here on on Thunder and Lightning. It's signing day on on Wednesday, so we'll have a little bit of news there. Um, We are efforting, efforting to have Kevin Barbe join join us this week. Hopefully we can make that happen. Plenty of basketball to talk about uh, as well. Uh, And then we'll keep the baseball talk coming. We need to get a little further in depth because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, as we look around uh, not only Mississippi State, but around the SEC for another great, great season of college baseball. Have a great Monday, guys. Robbie and I will be back with you on Tuesday. For Robbie Falk, I am Brian. Hey, Dad, thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk in Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.